0: We're so glad you've joined us today for this teaching from City of Life Church. For information on City of Life and to find more teachings like this, visit us at www.col.tv. Now, let's join the service.
1: So regardless of where you are, Jesus is gonna speak tonight through his word and we are excited about how that's gonna build us up. So turn with me to Luke chapter six. These are the words of Jesus, Luke chapter 6, verse 41 and 42 in the Passion Translation. Here's what he says. All right, let's apply this to our, to our marriages here. Why do you focus on the flaw in someone else's life? This, this is already so challenging. Ouch. Husbands, why do you focus on the flaw in your wife's life? Or Wives, why do you focus on the flaw in your husband's life? Or fiancés, or boyfriends, or parent and child or brother and sister? Why do I focus on the flaw in someone else's life and not notice the glaring flaw in my own life? How could you say to your friend, here, let me show you where you're wrong. When you are more guilty than he is, you're overly critical, splitting hairs and being a hypocrite. You must acknowledge your own blind spots and deal with them before you'll be able to deal with the blind spots of your friend. The title of this message tonight, if you're taking notes, which you should be, is look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Let's pray.
0: Lord, thank you for the opportunity to look into your word. Lord, sometimes it hurts, but we know that if you give us parameters, if you give us guidelines, it's always and only for our good. So we trust you tonight, God. Let us learn to look at our lives the way you look at them. Let us learn to look at our relationships the way that you look at them. God, let our lives reflect your glory. That's all we want, God, is to be like you. As your children, we want to follow right in your footsteps, Father. So teach us your ways. Teach us how you see things. Teach us how you think about things. Teach us how to handle things in a way that pleases you, in a way that models your heart and your love. In Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. So Jesus begins this message talking about our relationships. And he says, Why are you so conscious of the flaws in another person's life, but not your own? How is it so easy to point out someone else's failures, someone else's inconsistencies, but you never notice your own? And then he goes on to say that you're actually a hypocrite by doing that, which when Jesus calls you a hypocrite, it's worth considering. Like maybe I should rearrange some things. Maybe I should change some things. But in other words, we usually, and you can tell me if this is true, let's, let's be honest in church, we usually default to monitoring the behavior of someone else instead of taking responsibility for our own. So many of us approach our marriage and our family and our relationships looking at the other person, being very aware. It's like surveillance of everything that is incorrect, missteps, and we are so in touch with what they are doing wrong, and we do not consider our own flaws, our own missteps, and where we've gone wrong. If I were to ask you right now, in, in all your honesty, to list your spouse's top 10 flaws. First of all, we're not Woo. doing that. <laughs> Thank Everybody going
0: to need mentoring.
1: <laughs> yeah, marriage mentoring ministry launching tonight for a reason. <laughs> if I were to ask you to do that, you could probably do it pretty quickly. I don't think it would take you too long. Don't nod too big, my man. I see you. <laughs> It it would probably be something you could fill out pretty quickly. But if I asked you to list your top 10 flaws, (laughs) exactly, I I love it. Oh, you guys are made for each other. It's perfect. (laughs) If I asked you to list your top 10 flaws, you'd probably say things like, I care too much. I'm loyal to a fault. You know, all of those like things we say about ourselves, I I work so hard and I should probably not. I'm the best at so much and I should let other people succeed. (laughs) You know, like those are our flaws that we see of ourselves. But it's indicative of the fact that in relationships, we usually monitor the behavior of another person rather than take responsibility for our own. And you are responsible for your life and no one else's. So this scorecard that you're keeping for this other person, the monitoring that you're doing, it's for nothing because when they stand before God, you are not answering for them. They are answering for them. Right. And when you stand before God, you are answering for you. You have to take responsibility for your life and also your path. We say this a lot for a lot of different things, stay in your lane. We actually say it as a joke sometimes, like yeah. stay in your lane. But there is actually a path, a lane that God has laid out for you to journey, and you are responsible for staying in your lane, living the life God's called you to live. It's like I think of, you know, when we, when we talk about dating. Icon youth in the house one more time. All the Icon people make some noise. They, I love you guys. They're good looking. I was never that good looking as a student. No, it's annoying. It's
0: a new generation. It's
1: crazy. It's YouTube. It taught them how to do their makeup and do their hair and stuff. I don't get it. So, like, some of the biggest biblical advice, if you guys are looking to get into a healthy dating relationship, the Bible says, do not be unequally yoked. And what that means, the first time that Malachi, our son, heard that in church, he was... He's a church kid, and so uh, Natha was one of our leaders was preaching at South Orlando in the team rally. And he was saying, he you know, like, three. yeah, so surrender very, to Jesus, you know, you know, give your life to God. And Malachi was saying, yeah, so good, like this little three-year-old. Amen. And then, and then, and then, Swiper said, and we have to take on the yoke of Jesus. And my son went, that's an egg, like just. <laughs> Pull out! Yelled it in church. So let's define that for a second, because it's a weird, it's a weird word. But it's it's talking about farming when two ox. I'm not calling you an ox. I'm just saying. for, Thank the, you for the clarification. Here. I've learned some things, friends. I've learned some things. So when two two oxen would be yoked together, it means this thing that would be placed on their neck and they would be hooked together, linked together, and they would pull the plow and they would kind of go through the farming process. But What the Bible's saying in beginning a relationship, and then we'll take this further, so if you're married, stay with me, but in the beginning of a relationship, we cannot be unequally yoked, meaning I as a believer cannot be linked with someone who is not a believer, passionately in love with Jesus, because how could two people with completely different vision go in the same direction? I cannot link myself up with someone who's unwilling to go where God has called me to go because it will inhibit my ability to go there. I feel like I'm preaching about friendships, too. We link ourselves Uh up so often with people who will not go where we're made to go, and so we end up having to choose between them and what God called us to, and it's so much easier to choose the one you can see over the one you can't, but you have to make sure you link up only with people who will take you where you're made to go. So, if you're looking for a boyfriend or girlfriend, start by looking in the house of God, first of all. And it's not just about being in church. looking for someone who is passionately in love with Jesus. So much so that you can't even get their attention. That's my advice. That'll preach. That's my advice. Because the people that give you their attention instantly are going to give their attention to someone else just as quickly. You need someone who's so focused on Jesus that he has to turn their head to see you. But they are open to whatever God puts in their path. So that's step one. But now. Moving into marriage, I think there's another, we forget about what it means to be yoked together after we're we're married. We're like, okay, I got past that part, I grew up. But it is still about how we are linked together. And I think that if we are not responsible for our life and our path, we so often lose our focus. So in marriage, if I start to focus on my wife and her behavior and what she needs to change and what she needs to do, and I take my focus off of this path that God has called me to take, and I turn this way a little bit. So let's stay yoked. okay? And I turn this way a little bit. Just a few degrees, right? I'm no mathematician, but this is just a few degrees. Instead of us, we need to back up a little bit. Let's come over here. Instead, I was going to fall off the stage and die. So instead of us being able to go forward the way that God called us to, if I... Change my focus just this way a little bit. I can put all my effort and energy into this. Everything I've got, I'm trying, I'm praying, I'm serving, I'm giving, I'm doing everything I can. But because my focus is off, we're not actually going anywhere. We're moving, but we're not progressing in the path that God has called us to do. You have got to answer for your path your lane, and if I spend all my time focusing on, here's what you need to do, here's what you need to change, I am not carrying my weight in this relationship. A Christian relationship is so vulnerable because you have to stand next to each other and say, hey, I'm gonna do my part, you do yours, let's go, let's go. You have got to answer for your life. And then there's also one more thing about the pace in a relationship. If you consider yourself stronger than your spouse, or more capable, or faster paced, or you're moving on without them. It doesn't work that way. We are linked together. And a good farmer has a goal in place for these oxen and this plow, and so what he'll do is he'll pull the reins back on the faster oxen, and push forward on the slower one so they can build a pace together. Because once again, let's say my pace is faster, okay? I can go as fast as I want.
0: (laughs) Which is accurate (laughs) in real life, too. (laughs)
1: But no matter what we do, the fact that I am not aligned with her is going to inhibit us from being able to move forward. We're always gonna go in circles. Yeah. Until we both take on the, the agreement that we're going together, our pace is together, and I'm focused forward, and you're focused forward. That's the only way that two people can be aligned to accomplish the fruitfulness that God has called them to. I'm not a farmer, but we'll leave that there. Okay, there we go. There we go. I don't know anything about oxen.
0: So once you have your vision established, you can go ahead and clap for that. That was, that was good. Oxen, yeah. But once you have your vision established, you know where you're headed. You're walking your path. Jesus tells us we are each individually responsible to address our own blind spots. It is so easy in any relationship, but I think it's magnified in marriage. It is so easy to catch your spouse doing something wrong or inconsiderate or gross. Like, why did you leave that there? What are you thinking? We can catch each other doing something wrong so quickly. And yet, when it comes to our own flaws, we tend to give ourselves a get out of jail free card.
1: True. Y'all so quiet? You're acting like it's not true. I know it's true in our relationship. Lord, help us. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, sure, I raised my voice, but I just had a tough day. Right, right, right. We're denying the fact that, oh, maybe I have an anger issue. <laughs> Come on. Maybe I have a self-control issue because we don't want to face that ugly reality that I might have just as many flaws as the person I'm busy watching. Right, right. Jesus said we are responsible to address our own blind spots first. And I imagine when Jesus said that, there had to have been a disciple like, yo, Jesus, if I have a blind spot, how am I gonna know it? That's
1: a good question. (laughs)
0: Like, if I'm blind to it, I don't even know I have it, and I can't be held responsible for what I don't know, Jesus. Like, like he's gonna try to trick Jesus. I think I made this disciple up because that's how I can think sometimes. And we all try to justify things. But the reality is Jesus designed us to look to him, yeah. Yeah. to be our vision, yes. to humble ourselves, to ask him, Holy Spirit, what do I need to curb in my life? Yes. What do I need to get rid of? What do I need, where do I need course correction? What do I need to lay down? What do I need to let go of in order to move forward on my journey? And the problem is when we don't humble ourselves to ask Jesus that question, we get offended when somebody else points out the flaws that we did not consult with the Lord to begin with. We expect our spouse to give us as many free passes as we give ourselves. But that's not how it was designed to be. We need to ask the Lord for revelation on what our blind spots are so that we can be responsible to address them. So Jesus says to address them. Another version of this verse says, first address the issues, Mm. then you'll be able to more clearly help others. So (laughs) when we're quick to examine somebody else's flaws... It shows evidence that we are more concerned about what's happening in other people around us than we are about what's happening within us. We pay so much attention to what other people are doing and yet we either write it off or we ignore what we're doing or we want to pretend that, oh, we're okay. We're better than we used to be. We're better than Mm. the person next to us. And we justify our behavior. It's like... It's like I picture us being on an airplane. You know when you're, when you're on an airplane in the beginning, the part that everyone ignores, the poor stewardess, and or flight attendants, sorry. That's such an old word. I'm, I'm, I'm old school. But when the flight attendants are doing their safety instructions, I always pay attention because I feel bad. I feel like nobody else is paying attention. And I'm like, I will give you eye contact. This is your job, and you're keeping us safe.
1: I pay attention because I think in case they need me, I'm ready. Like, I can <laughs> Like, I'm ready to, I'm ready. I have it memorized too. I know all of it.
0: You know how to, like, do the seatbelt demonstration?
1: (laughs) I'm ready. Y'all know that's good. Oh, I crushed that. That's good.
0: But if we were on an airplane, if you and your spouse were on an airplane, or you and your sibling, or you and your friend, or you and your child, whatever relationship, you're on an airplane together, and an emergency happens. And those little oxygen things drop. When we refuse to recognize that we have blind spots it's as if we're in that situation the oxygen drops and we yell at our spouse you need oxygen you need to fix some things you need to take care of this you need to get it together you need to acknowledge that you're been hurting me you need the oxygen and eventually we're going to suffer some consequences yes. because we haven't been taking care of our own hearts and our own spirits and making sure we've been getting what we need, that we've been looking to the light of the word. Right. And we're just accusing the person next to us that they need to fix some things. Yeah. And we're clearly ignoring that it's life or death. Yeah, yeah, sure. we, we have some things to address within our own selves. Yeah.
1: That's, I mean, it's the rule they teach you. Before you help anyone else, help yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Before you worry about anyone else, make sure that you are equipped, that you're taken care of, so that you can then help others. Mm-hmm. So, we're gonna have fun for just a second. We're gonna do a little example, so we're gonna grab something that we need, but while we do, we're gonna drop a song that we just had to with the title of our teaching, so you're invited to jam out. Here we go, Look What You Made Me Do. I check it once, then I check it twice, oh. Where's the dancing? Where's the, uh, there we go, I knew I'd what get someone. I knew I'd
0: get someone. Look
1: what you just made
0: me do, look what you just made me do. Ooh,
1: look what you ready? Me do. Look so what ready. You me do. Five, six, five, six. I'm kidding, I'm do. kidding, we're not dancing. <laughs> me I started sweating.
0: <laughs> I just said yes and I didn't know what I said I was ready for.
1: <laughs> so, let's say this is our relationship, okay? This is me and her and we are, we, uh, we're, we just graduated high school, right? Remember those days? Yeah. Good old days. No bills and <laughs> That's stuff. That's actually, oh my god, it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> it was so Let's have the band come up right now. (laughs) I'm kidding. So I I remember uh, that's actually when we started dating. I was 19, and we had finished high school, and it was just so amazing, right? Remember the chemistry Mm -hmm. and the love.
0: I always wanted to be talking to you because texting wasn't a thing.
1: It's true, and we just talked, and she laughed at all my jokes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. In the beginning of a relationship, we're very careful with each other. Every step we take, we want to make sure Oh, sorry, did I bump
0: you? Oh, it's okay. I'm sorry. You can bump me anytime. I don't want I, I don't I don't want to
1: hurt you. Let's go. Here. Okay. It's okay. Let's I just want to be way. close to you. Oh, you're so sweet. Let's go this way. Let's go this way. You're so pretty when you walk. Or when you stand still.
0: Oh. You're just
1: pretty. I love you. Okay, I have to hang up now.
0: Okay. You hang up first.
1: I fell asleep because I don't play that game. Sorry, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't care what example this is, I don't do that. <laughs> but in the beginning of a relationship, we're so careful with each other, right? Like we, do, we take every effort to make sure that we do not have any conflict. And we will swallow our opinion, we will overlook someone's flaws because we want to keep the peace in a relationship, right? That was our dating stage.
0: You can pick where you wanna eat, it's fine.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I or remember, it's a trap. I remember those, I remember those.
0: <laughs> Woo!
1: <laughs> but then yeah. as our relationship progresses, right? As our relationship progresses, we stop being so careful and we start to have some conflict. And for the sake of this, you know, sometimes we just bump into each other a little bit, right? And so let's say that uh, I'm, you know, kind of looking at the bills a little bit. We're married a few years and I kind of come across, this is a real, a real scenario that's probably gonna speak to some people. Hey, babe, what is this charge at Target?
0: Okay, see, what happened was I said I was going to spend $50 on groceries. Remember, I told you. It
1: was just groceries you were supposed to do.
0: But it's Target. So, okay, so you know how they have like that dollar section?
1: I hate that dollar section.
0: But everything, it's it's a dollar. But
1: if you buy 80 things, it's still $80. I don't
0: buy 80 things.
1: How many things did you buy? Okay, listen,
0: I don't, I don't, I blacked out, I don't know. But, (laughs) so, you know how St. Patrick's Day is coming up? They had like these St. Patrick's decorations for the house. And you know how I feel about holidays. I just wanted to be special and McNeil, we're Irish. No
1: one knows I'm Irish.
0: That, that's all the more reason to hang Irish decorations in our house. You like, know, I, I, oh, wait, and babe, you know how we've been needing new pillows for the couch? No. I found two on clearance and they were Joanna Gaines. So it was a good deal. I, I basically saved money.
1: First of all, I don't know who that lady is, but she keeps costing us so much money. And you know what? I, I, I really feel like this happens so much because you want an Instagram perfect house to make sure that all of your friends can see how pretty our living room is and you spend all of our money and leave us with nothing left. Just so your your girlfriends can see it on Instagram.
0: Well, maybe if you actually would follow through sometime and take me anywhere outside the house, I could Instagram something besides our perfect house.
1: I can't take you anywhere, you spend it all on pillows. So it would be easy. We're talking tonight about when relationships get messy, right? It'd be easy to look at this mess and say, <laughs> this is going to get really funny, and say, look what you made me do. This mess wouldn't have happened if you sp- if you would have not spent that money at Target, right? It would be easy for me to walk away from this scenario because now it's tense, now it's awkward, now our relationship has strife in it, now I'm glad she bought pillows for the couch because I'm sleeping on it. <laughs> you know, It'd be easy for me to say, look what you made me do. This mess is here because you caused it.
0: Or from my perspective, it would be easy for me to say, look what you made me do. If you would actually follow through and take me someplace or do something nice, then I wouldn't try to take control and spend all my money to make me feel better. Look what you made me do.
1: Right, both of us are actually saying, if you would think about me, then I would think about you. (laughs) I'm waiting for you to think about me. If
0: you would think about me, our relationship wouldn't be so messy.
1: Right, right. Okay, another scenario, another day. We're in the mall. Walking together, it's a great day. Passing some stores, and we pass by Victoria's Secret. <laughs> I haven't even painted the scenario yet, and you guys are already nervous. And they ha- <laughs>
0: They know nothing can good
1: no, they, can come from no. the scenario. They have released a new line of lingerie, and there are models in the mall advertising this. And we walk by. Whoa,
0: babe, are you looking? I, I mean, are you I wasn't. Are I wasn't looking. They were
1: in our direct line of vision. I'm, I'm sorry.
0: Did you think they were like pretty?
1: I mean, they're they're supermodels. I think everyone kind of agrees they're they're pretty. But like
0: prettier than me?
1: No, I mean. They're, it's their job to be pretty. <laughs> like, I,
0: I, I'm in the wrong field.
1: <laughs> it's just, they're, they're models. It's fine. Don't even worry about it. I think you're beautiful. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, babe.
0: No, I, I was worried this day would come.
1: What are you talking about?
0: I, I've never felt pretty like them. Babe. And I just... You know, you know, my last boyfriend left me because he said I wasn't thin enough and he he left me for someone who might as well have been a model. I'm not him.
1: I'm not him. You're beautiful. I think you're beautiful. They're they're just models, okay? They have like the whole package. It's like part of their job. (laughs) What? So
0: do I have the half
1: package? No, 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 no. (laughs) That's not what I meant. I just meant like they have like everything is like pretty on them. Like, that's...
0: So some things aren't pretty about me. No. I don't know. I don't know.
1: What is that supposed to mean?
0: I can't believe this.
1: I think you're beautiful. I think you're beautiful. It's just that they're, like, made to look that way. That's all. I think you're pretty. I think you're... What do you you want me to say? I think you're pretty. Do you want me to, like... Say that you're prettier than them? Or your
0: hair is better? One, one thing, one thing is pretty. Well, I don't know, I just, like I said, they have everything.
1: Do you want me to list the things that aren't pretty about you? There's more than one. No, 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 I just, I just meant like it's some. (laughs) That's all. Your elbow's okay, that's it, that's like the randomest thing ever, like. It would Super. be
0: very easy for me to say, look what you made me do. I wouldn't be insecure if you hadn't have looked at another woman. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You made me insecure. Hmm.
1: Hmm. One more, one more. I come home from a long day of work.
0: <sighs> oh, babe, I'm so glad you're here. Finally, I'm ready for a break.
1: Uh, those dishes. I told you have the dishes cleaned.
0: I know they really bother me too. It's just the kids, you know, they've been sick and I, I was just taking care of them all day and I actually, I think I might have some puke in my hair. I'm sorry. I probably smell so no, bad. No, sorry
1: doesn't clean the dishes. It's been four days. I work so hard and I ha- you have one thing to do. Okay? You have one thing to do and that's to keep our house clean.
0: I, I'm sorry. I was just so tired after bathies and a million nose wipes and I'm sorry I'll I'll have energy tomorrow
1: yeah I'm sure you had plenty of energy to watch Netflix right
0: (laughs) if you look at our queue I don't think curious George counts as me just chilling watching Netflix
1: you know what I I didn't want to say this but I've been so stressed and and that was like the final straw you haven't been hitting many home runs in the wife department lately you can do better
0: Do you even hear yourself?
1: No, I can't because the dishes are so
0: loud. <laughs> Clearly, you need to re-listen to the podcast from Love Strong when Pastor Jeff no, and Pastor Amy Pastor talked Pastor about Jeff how to give here an at apology. Me.
1: You know what? I don't, I don't have to take this, I'm going out. I'm, I'm gonna go out with the, with the guys, I'm gonna get a drink. You know what? I'm gonna get like three drinks. <laughs> I'm with dad. <that. laughs> Almost died. Sorry, Chris. (laughs) It'd be really easy for me to say, look what you made me do. This mess exists because of what you did. The reason we took all this time to paint this picture is because so many relationships are messy. And so many of us are passing the blame to another person saying, look what you made me do. But tonight the question is, why did this get messy? Why did this mess happen? because there was a mess in us to begin with. Mm -hmm. This is a result of what was already in our hearts. Relationships are Mm conflict-based. Intimacy causes two people to bump into each other every now and then, and any relationship will bring out what is already in. And so a messy relationship is indicative of two people who have a mess within them. And we have to address what's going on inside of us. And Jesus says this in Luke 6, 43, you'll never find choice fruit hanging on a bad, unhealthy tree. And rotten fruit doesn't hang on a good, healthy tree. Every tree is revealed by the quality of the fruit it produces. Figs or grapes will never be picked off of thorn trees. And people are known in the same way. Out of the virtue stored in their hearts, good and upright people produce good fruit. But out of the evil hidden in their hearts, evil ones produce what is evil for out of the overflow of what has been stored in your heart will be seen by your fruit and heard in your words whatever is coming out of you is proof of what is in you and too many of us are blaming our messy relationships on our spouse and not acknowledging that the mess came out of us first right hear me well your life cannot produce something that is not already in your heart nothing will come out of you that wasn't In there to begin with and if there's a mess coming out of you it means there's a mess in you and here's what happens so often here's what happens so often we think look what she made me do she made my life so messy you know what I'm gonna take I'm gonna take some time here and I just wish I could be with someone who didn't make life so messy and people will step out on their relationships looking to get away from the mess because they believe that this person caused the mess And so they'll go look and find someone else who in the first three months at work, it's, oh wow, you just understand me so much. You understand how crazy it is with my wife and I know your husband's the same way and you're just so nice. You're so pretty when you walk. You're so pretty when you stand still too. And we start out with someone else the same way we begin this way with no conflict, no rules, no expectations, and then suddenly, a few years down the road, the same thing happens. You brought the mess with you. It's not a new person that you need, it's a new heart that you need. Different exterior circumstances, a different outside isn't gonna change what's on the inside. Right. It's better and cheaper for you to stay with the one you have, the one you promised to be with, and say let's address what's in here so we can address what's out here. Oof, let's go.
0: So to change your relationship, you have to change your heart. Yeah. And again, echoing Jesus, you're responsible for yourself. I don't know where along the lines we believe that somehow we can change our spouse. Stupid. That like one day they'll think exactly like me or they'll handle a situation the way I would. <laughs> don't laugh or too they loud. know me so well, they, are, they should know what I want already. Right. No, we cannot change our spouse. There's so much about our relationships that we are not in control of. Mm. But what we can control is submitting our heart come to on, Jesus. Pastor. Letting him take the driver's seat. Yes. That's why Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else. Come on. For out of it flows the course of your life. You are responsible for what you let in your heart. Yes. And what you let in your heart will eventually come show on. itself and will come out of your heart. And it doesn't matter what stage of life you are in right now. True. Youth you can start taking care of issues in your heart right now. Yes. Single person, whether you're looking or not, you can start becoming a healthier friend, a healthier sibling, a healthier child, employee, We all can become healthier individuals. And what's beautiful about that is the healthier you can be on your own as an individual, the healthier every relationship you can link up to will be because you know who you are in Christ. Yes. You are taking care of yourself. You are listening to the voice of the Lord for where you need course corrections. And that's automatically going to flow in health to your other relationships.
1: So in other words, you have to go Marie Kondo on your heart. (laughs) Right? You have to kind of look inside and say, "All of this has to go." We have to address. Does not
0: spark the joy of the Lord. There is no joy
1: sparked. (laughs) We have to clean up what's going on on the inside of us before we're ever going to see our relationships change. Mm -hmm. We have to address what's going on in us. And three of the most common messes that I think that we have Mm -hmm. things like strife. All the 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 examples that we just did. We have Mm -hmm. strife and insecurity and being totally out of control. We're going to talk about how God can replace those things in our life with the fruit, the evidence of his spirit. So strife is angry and bitter disagreement. It's us talking about target. Like we are just constantly fighting and and at odds versus the fruit of the spirit, which is peace. You can have a heart filled with strife or a heart filled with peace. But the thing about peace and strife is that strife means I'm fighting to be right. And peace means I'm fighting for us to be all right. Good. There's a big difference yeah. between trying to be right and trying to be resolved in who we are as a relationship. Sometimes that means I don't have to be right. It's not about right and wrong. It's about us being together. Letting peace exist in your relationship begins with pursuing the peace of God. The, the whole idea tonight is if I want to see the fruit of it in my relationship, it has to start in my heart. Mm-hmm. So if I want peace in my relationship, there has to be peace in my relationship with God. Yeah. Peace means things are set right And so I have to be set right in my relationship with God. And then when conflict comes in my relationship with my wife, I am able, it will happen. Relationships are conflict. But the beauty of it is God designed relationships to bring out what's in us. And if I have filled my heart with peace, when we have conflict, peace will spill out of me.
0: good.
1: You're like, what's that look like? I believe that it's God's design. When we get in conflict for me to say, we disagree on this but look at me, I love you, and I know this is hard, but we're going to make it through this because I'm committed to you. I'm upset, Mm -hmm. but I stand with you. Peace will spill out of you as a result of what you put in your heart.
0: So insecurity. Insecurity is a type of fear that typically stems from two different places. Either a wound from our past, either a past unhealthy relationship, or maybe our childhood, the way we were spoken to, or it comes from... Um, playing the comparison game of well, you never do what our friends do. You right. never take care of me the way so and so takes care of me, and that kind of insecurity is is so toxic. Yeah. And sometimes we we give it a pass. Again, we give ourselves a pass. Like oh, it's just you know, it's, I'm just so meek. I'm just so mild. It's that's why I'm insecure. But the reality is the fruit of love Mm. can grow in the place of insecurity. Because 1 John 4 says that perfect love casts out fear. And if we don't know the God kind of love, then we actually don't know what true love is. We have to fill our hearts with the love of God. Understanding how God sees us. That he accepts us with all of our imperfections. That he would never compare us. That he would never make us feel worse for being in our mess, that his love lifts us out of that yeah. mess, that his love redeems us in spite of the mess. Yes. And when we're filled with that fruit of love, we can overcome insecurity. Mm. Love is not just an ooey gooey feeling. Mm. It's a decision, yes. a conscious decision to treat others the way God has treated you. Yeah. Love is not a feeling, it's a choice. And it's, it's easy to be insecure when we are used to that imperfect love that the world provides, the toxic conditional love, and not that you're going to find a perfect spouse because no one's perfect, but when you find a love that treats you the way God treats you, come on, it casts out all kinds of fear, yes. including insecurity, including the temptation to compare.
1: But to know that kind of love, you have to first know God's love. Right. Like you cannot recognize healthy, godly love from a person Mm -hmm. until you have first fully received it in yourself. Yeah. I don't know why I keep getting drawn over here to my icon students, but if you want to be able to recognize the man or woman of God that will step into your life, you have to first be so familiar with the way God loves you because then when someone else steps in, you say, oh, hey, that's an echo of what he already showed me. He loves me like this, and you represent him to me. That's a healthy person. Mm -hmm. You can't know healthy until you have received God's love, and that goes for everyone in the room.
0: Yeah, so if you're going to have security in your life, Store up the love of God in your heart.
1: Yeah, and finally, this lack of control, just being totally out of control. I don't know about you, but I have felt like that in my life, just out of control, angry, or just not able to restrain, uh, you know, myself, or maybe you have addictions, or you're just, your life has spun out of control, doing whatever we want, indulging. It's the easiest to blame on someone else. Look what you made me do. But the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And it comes from knowing that I belong to God. My life is not my own. I don't get to do what I want to do. I have to live according to his standards. And, you know, I've seen in my life and in many others that a lack of self-control usually manifests in an attempt to control your spouse. Ooh, let me preach. When we don't have self-control, we try to force control on the people around us. But I had a shift in my life where I realized all of that controlling nature is actually meant for me to control myself. I actually didn't care what she did. (laughs) I was like, you do you, boo-boo. Like I am controlling myself. I am living my life and my lane according to how it pleases God, and I trust, because we're yoked together, I trust you're doing the same. That's the only way that you can properly control anything in your life. Please try to control your spouse. It don't work. Please try to control your life, it doesn't work. The only thing you can successfully control is yourself. Can't even control your kids, God help me. (laughs) The only thing you can win at controlling is yourself. So you have to begin living a life of self-control. You run your race, you stay on your path, and if you're gonna have self-control during conflict, it has to be stored up in your heart. Mm -hmm.
0: This revelation that we can have self-control should be empowering. Because there's so much in life that we can't control there's so much that we cannot change yeah. but we can start right here mm-hmm. and that health will overflow to every area of our lives thanks for listening your generosity makes this broadcast possible so if you'd like to be a part of what god is doing here click give at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number eight five five 9976900 Join us again for more great teachings like this one.